Good morning, dear God. We just want to join the angels, the holy angels in heaven above, to sing Hosanna to your name because of your blessings upon our lives. Thank you because you have not dealt us with according to the measure of our sins. But this morning, like every morning, your mercies, your steadfastness is renewed upon our lives. We claim this by faith through the merits of Jesus and we pray, dear Father, that you forgive us our sins, forgive us from all our unrighteousness and take away our guilt, take away our fears, take away our pain, take away our unfaithfulness, take away, dear Father, our unbelief and help us from this moment henceforth to be empowered by your Holy Spirit to live lives that are pleasing to you, to dare to trust you in our face today and to see the manifestation of your goodness upon our lives. Good morning, guys, and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. I am so excited, super excited that you have consistently followed this series. It probably has not turned out to be what you expected, but I believe that God is working out something in your life through this series, through this moment in your life. It is not a mistake that you are here. And if you would just trust the process, God has great plans for you. We have been looking at the series, Those Who Dare, and somehow we have been coming um, from the angle that is not so conventional. We have been looking at practical lessons and challenging ourselves through the character of Daniel with the central team, Those Who Dare. God willing, we are looking at chapter 4 today and we're going to be discovering another amazing story that sets the stage for this prophetical book. Thus far, we have not really um, looked at so much um, prophetical themes in quote, but then we have been seeing lessons from these prophets, Daniel and his friends, that are very much applicable to our time, to the ends of time to all generation chapter 4 of daniel you know introduces the character king nebuchadnezzar again and i'm going to encourage you once again to um, read these chapters with us read them for yourself and maybe after them listen to this podcast or listen to it and read it again and it, it gives you a beautiful picture a beautiful image a better understanding of these stories that we will be sharing and the lessons that we will be bringing out once again this is training for impact daily devotional podcast you can engage us on our tfi community on whatsapp or any of our social media handles we'll be glad to hear from you nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon you know once again still confident of his empire's invisibility remember in chapter 2 nebuchadnezzar had a dream right that he saw a great stature with different um, head of gold chest and arm of silver and all that and then he saw a stone that cut it out and he was told that his own kingdom the kingdom of babylon will not last forever he would be overthrown by another kingdom and that kingdom will also be overthrown by another kingdom but nebuchadnezzar wanted to defy the god of heaven and so in chapter 3 he made a similar um, stature a similar image but this time he made it all pure good trying to signify that his kingdom will last forever but you see god was not done with this proud king yet 
God showed him another dream again. When you read from Daniel chapter 4, verses 1 to 5, you see that Nebuchadnezzar had another encounter with God. And this time, like the other time, but even more, the king was very much terrified. He was so afraid that, you know, he, he had to call all of his wise men, the magicians, when you read verse 6, the astrologers, the childings, and the soothsayers. Once again, he called all of these people that he did in chapter 2 to tell him the dream. You know, the first time he didn't tell them what the dream was, and he asked them to tell him the dream and the interpretation, but this time he told them the dream. But the astrologers, the magicians, and all of them could not explain the meaning of the dream. In fact, they were clueless, verse 7 of Daniel 4 tells us. But just then, God brings Daniel into the audience of the king. When you read verse 8 and verse 9 of Daniel 4, and God revealed the dream to Daniel and also the interpretation. Daniel told the king, you know, the king's dream, by the way, when you read from verse 10 to 18, when the king was telling it to Daniel, you know, he saw a great tree. The tree was very tall and very magnificent. But, you know, what happened to the tree, you may ask? He said that at the instruction of a holy angel from heaven, this huge and tall tree was cut down because it, but its stump, that some part of it, its stump was left to the ground. When you read verse 13 and verse 14, and he says that this stone, this stump was bound with iron and bronze. And he says the tree was to be drenched with the dew of the heaven and was to live among the animals and plants of the field. You know, what, what a very terrifying dream the king had. And, you know, this is, there is something in this narration of the dream that, you know, already gives us a clue that the subject of this dream is a human being, saying that, you know, he was going to, he, he said that it had a human heart which would be stripped from the tree and that it would be given the heart of a beast when you read verse 16. So we know that this tree signifies a human being that, you know, and God was using some symbolism once again to explain to the king um, what he needed to know at that time. In fact, we'll understand this more as we continue in the in the study. And the king was told that this tree, the verdict against this tree will last for seven seasons, that is seven years. Um, in, you see that in Daniel 4 verse 17. The New King International Version says that so that the living, giving the reason why the king the, why the king had this dream, so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives to them to gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of men. You know, almost the same lesson that was repeated in Daniel chapter two, right? God told the king that the reason he's showing him this dream was so that he may know, so that all living may know and acknowledge that God the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms of men and he gives it to anybody he desires, even the lowest of them. In fact, when Nebuchadnezzar understood the gravity of the dream, first of all, when Daniel understood the, the implication of the dream, Daniel was reluctant to tell the king the interpretation. In fact, when you read Daniel 4 verse 19 and beyond, he said, oh king, you will live forever. You know, trying to tell him, yes, king, you will live forever. But when the king persuaded him to 
to tell him the dream, Daniel faithfully revealed, you know, what has been shown to him. So we see the interpretation in Daniel chapter 4 verse 20 to 26 that the king, the tree represented the king whose kingdom had flourished, that the king was to be stripped of his kingdom for seven years, and that the king will live in the wild among animals and plants for seven years until he recognizes that God is sovereign and that God rules over all. And finally, he told him that after seven years, the king's throne will be restored back to him. But you see, Daniel did not just offer, did not just tell the king that, you know, you will be stripped away from your kingdom, you will live among animals for seven years, this and that. Daniel, God gave Daniel a possible way out. You see, God is so loving that God doesn't just, you know, bring to us the penalty of our sin, which indeed the wages of sin is death and, you know, and unhappiness and so many things. But God does so much more. In verse 27, Daniel told the king, Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sin by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity, you know, God was telling him that if you renounce your sin, okay, let me just finish reading that. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. You see, it was not very likely that God didn't just want to destroy this king or to punish him for his pride, for his arrogance and all of the evils that he has done. God wanted to save him. No wonder his prophets would always tell us the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God is eternal life. And he says, the soul that sinned, it shall die. But God has no desire over the death of the wicked, but that all should come to repentance. Therefore, Ezekiel will say, turn ye, turn ye, for why would ye die? Listen to me, my friend. God is not a tyrant. God wants to save you, but he cannot save you if you do not give him the opportunity. God wants to save you from the penalty of death, from the guilt, from the pain, from the sadness, from the disappointment, from the heartbreak. God wants to save you from the misery. God wants to save you only if you surrender yourself to him. I love how somebody puts it the other day. He says that, you know, true freedom, true happiness comes from surrendering our rights to, to um, how did he put it now? True freedom comes from placing ourselves under the control of God. When we relinquish our freedom to God, then we are truly free. And, and it's unfortunate that the king didn't take that take the king never took Daniel's recommendation seriously because when we read verse 28, he tells us that, you know, after all that had happened, the king didn't repent. And finally, 12 months after Daniel's warning, when you read from verse 28 to 33, 12 months, just a year after Daniel's warning, the king, while he was walking on the roof in his hanging garden and he was looking at his whole empire, still being very proud and boastful when you read verse 29 and 30, you know, while the king was still boasting, he was driven into the wild where he lived among animals and plants, where he ate grass like cattle, where he was drenched with the dew, and verse 31 to 33 says that his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of bed. This king that was represented by a great tree that was so big that he covered nations, 
you know that he was revered amongst the nations around him but because he refused to humble himself before the Lord God reduced him to nothing what pride is still keeping you from totally surrendering to God is it your beauty is it your connection your fame when would you let it go that God may hold you that you may be have free hands to lay hold on God after seven years indeed Nebuchadnezzar then lifted up his eyes to the heaven and he recognized God's sovereignty when you read from verse 34 to 35 and you know the, his advisors went and found him and restored him to his throne when you read verse 36 and the king finally acknowledges God's supremacy over his life over the life of humanity but friends why would you wait for such calamity before you re- 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 remember before you acknowledge God's supremacy why wait for calamity why wait for things till you are so messed up and God is your only option why wait not everybody has the opportunity to be restored like Nebuchadnezzar was and if you think this is just a fictitious story you can check with historical you know books and scholars like A.K. Grayson who discovered a, one of the tablets tablets from that is now in the British Museum and published in 1975 of Nebuchadnezzar's mental illness that you know the inscription says that life appeared of no value to him he does not show love to his son or daughters and you know he said that you know family and clan did not exist to him any longer you know you know bringing light bringing light to the fact that the biblical um, story is true after the dream the king had with a stature Nebuchadnezzar said God is the God of gods God is the Lord of Lords a revealer of secrets he acknowledged who God was but that was lip service when the three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire in Daniel 3, the king said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, there is no other God that can deliver like this. Yes, he acknowledged God. The Bible says, you say you believe in God, that's good. Even the demons still do the same thing. The difference is, does your belief reflect in your action? Does your life show the manifestation of God's goodness and glory and salvation in your life? When Nebuchadnezzar experienced, you know, the 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 the, the tree dream experience when it was fulfilled in his life, this time Nebuchadnezzar exalted and he said, you know, no, God is the God of heavens because everything he does is right. All his ways are just. And all those who walk in pride, God humbles them. Finally, in Daniel 4, after so many struggles with God, Nebuchadnezzar finally recognized himself for who he is. Proud, but nothing. Friends, there are two major lessons here. Two major lessons that we can learn. Number one, God rules over eight monarchs. You must get that into your skull. God and God alone. When you make him heard, when you when you can stand and kneel before God, I tell you, every other thing is settled. It may not go as rosy as it seems to other people. I tell you, great peace have they that keep the laws of God. And secondly, God will humble us if we are proud. If you refuse to kneel before God, God will bring whatever castle that you think you are building, He will bring it crashing down. 
you are chasing the PhDs, you are reading all the books, but you don't have time to pray. You don't have time to study. You spend three hours discussing with one boy or one girl, but you don't have time to wrestle it out with God in prayer. You can spend three hours on Instagram, two hours on WhatsApp, on Facebook, on this or that, sleeping through TikTok, but you don't have time for God. You are too proud for Bible study. You don't go to worship. You don't go to fellowship. You cannot interact with such people. They are beneath you. Oh, my friend, learn from the lesson of Nebuchadnezzar. God humbles the proud. But God exalts them, those who humble themselves before you. 1 Corinthians 3.17 says that you are the temple of God and the temple of God is holy. That temple you are. So you must present yourself holy and acceptable unto God. I pray that there will be a transformation in your life today. Why not bow your heads and ask God for forgiveness? Lord, I want to be better. I want to be more useful in your kingdom. I want to be more surrendered. Father, this is our prayer. Humble us, O God. Do not allow us to experience, to go to the point of, you know, being humbled to be animals like Nebuchadnezzar before we realize who you are in our lives. Help us to trust you. Help us to surrender all to you. And as we do so, Lord, give us the grace. Help us to learn from every lesson each day, to take the good and the bad and grow with it. Forgive us our sins. Take all the glory and honor, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Once again, stay subscribed and please share this message to somebody you could be saving a life.